everybody, Josh Sirtson, World Alternative Media here, and we are joined by one of the greatest journalists and wordsmiths of our time, in my humble opinion, the one and only James Corbett of The Corbett Report. I'm really uh, glad to be joined by him once again. Obviously, the last time we talked with him was right at the beginning of this new age of Orwellianism that we've been witnessing all around the world and basically every country in the world over this past uh, nine months. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining us again, James. I hope all is well in Japan. Well, as well as can be expected anyway, but yeah, think about that. It was just a few months ago that we were sitting there in Mexico doing our international travel as if the world hadn't changed forever. Little did we know. Yeah, it's it's really blown up and it's moved fast. And let's just jump right into it because you've done some amazing exposés over the last uh, several months that have woken up, I'm sure at this point, millions of people. And I really appreciate the great work that you have been doing. You've been really on the case of this whole uh, tyrannical overtaking of the world. And I wanted to ask you, um, just jump right into it. What is the evidence that this was created in a lab? And what does that tell us about the intentions of global governments? Well, there are different lines of evidence that one can use, and one can cite various studies that have been forwarded and retracted, uh, looking at s some of the aspects of the genetic markers of what we are being told is this SARS-CoV-2 that has uh, reference to HIV and other things that, as I say, was forwarded and then retracted. We have multiple lines of evidence about the line, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which obviously is there, what we are being told is ground zero of this global pandemic uh, that had extensive links uh, to through the NIH, uh, through characters like Fauci and others receiving funding at that time illegally because uh, funding for gain of function research, which is the research that uh, is going on in virology institutes all around the world to weaponize essentially viruses in the interest of defense. Well, we have to know what a weaponized virus would look like in order to defend against it and create vaccines against it. So we know that's been going on for several years. We know that uh, specifically uh, bat origin coronavirus viruses have been uh, studied at that Wuhan Institute for a number of years. And we have things even reported in Scientific American and other places mm -hmm. like that about the uh, one of the, the researchers at the Wuhan Institute who specifically said that uh, uh, her first thought as soon as she got the call is, I wonder if this was one of our strains. But uh, luckily, it turned out it wasn't, etc., etc. And then you have on the flip side of that coin, you have the people saying that viruses don't exist and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, I, I would say at this point, it's certainly not settled. And I, I don't, I'm agnostic on the issue one way or another, whether this was created in the lab or not. There are multiple lines of evidence that are interested along those lines, though. And it lines up with a lot of research that's been going on for decades in what are essentially uh, illegal biological weapons uh, laboratories and experiments that are, as I say, they use the, the pretense of defense to get around international sanctions and regulations on the development of biological weapons. But we know that this research goes on and has gone on uninterrupted ever since those conventions were first signed decades and decades ago. For example, most famously, most infamously in the past couple of decades, the Ames stream of anthrax, which was unleashed on the American population, or at least on, on targeted individuals in the American population two decades ago in the wake of 9-11, that was immediately blamed on Iraq and then quietly retracted. And oops, uh, it looks like this actually came from Fort Detrick and we never really got a satisfactory answer to any of that. Let's sweep it under the rug and move along. I think we can put this in a similar box. Yes, there is gain of function research going on 
uh, through institutes uh, all around the world that are funded with American taxpayer dollars uh, through the, the military uh, wings of various research agencies. And that is a part of this massive biological weapons program that's going on right now, which may or may not have to do with this pandemic specifically, but I guarantee you will be part of the biosecurity paradigm that we're marching into right now. It's it's very interesting because, of course, as you mentioned, it's not settled. Um, however, you know, looking back years ago, it, it, we've all done research into Plum Island. It was similar in the sense that it was speculation that, you know, there, these things could have come out of there and it was probably a likely scenario, but you just don't know. In this case, Dr. Fauci's organization was literally getting grants from the U.S. government to work at the Wuhan Institute of Virology on coronavirus and bats. That's 96% similar to the novel coronavirus. So it just bears a question at this point, regardless of if it's like a Pearl Harbor situation where they let it happen or like maybe a 9-11 situation. Again, I'm speculating where they did it. Um, I mean, it has really benefited the government, has it not to be able to use this crisis um, to create as much order as they possibly can? Unfortunately, this is the logic of the system as it exists right now. Any and every crisis can be used and presumably will be used to further uh, consolidate and expand the powers of centralized authority. That is the system as it exists, and there's no foreseeable way outside of that system from within the confines of that system. And one uh, corollary of that is that no matter whether this was a generated crisis that was a, a designed biological weapon that was unleashed on purpose or whatever. I mean, we could come up with 15 different scenarios, but it, at the end of the day, the calculus doesn't matter of how we arrived at this point. The point is that since they have ginned up this mass hysteria around the world, they can then use that as the excuse to consolidate power under this guise of biosecurity. And as people, I hope, have seen my recent 9-11 uh, documentary, COVID-9-11, looking at the parallels between the development of the homeland security state after 9-11 and the development of the biosecurity state that we see coming into view as part of this pandemic operation, uh, I think that you will see the, the parallels. Again, regardless, at the end of the day, in what in, in the exact details of the 9-11 operation and who did what where, at any rate, that was used as an excuse for the, the formation of the homeland security state in the exact same way that regardless of the origins of SARS-CoV-2, it is being used as an excuse for the formation of the biosecurity state, which has been decades in the planning and is really just, this is just the fulfillment of a, uh, a long-held dream for many of the tyrants who wish to consolidate ultimate power in the hands of, well, the very, very few at the expense of the very, very many. Mm, and they certainly have used it. And I, I have to ask, I mean, we talked um, earlier this year about cashless society and the issues of technocracy. With that said, I mean, that story has really blown up in the months that followed. I wanted to ask now, I, I don't want any empire, but with that said, it's pretty clear that the Chinese government or empire is entrenched in this global mayhem, likely with support of the U.S. government and other governments internationally. With the crackdown on the most basic freedoms, how imminent is Chinese-style social credit scores tied to vaccines and technocracy in general at this point? China is the model uh, that is being used for the creation of the technocratic state. And I think that's the piece of the puzzle that so much of the population still has not even heard of, let alone doesn't understand, that uh, we see this within the view of, oh, China is a, the, the Chaicoms, it's the communists, and the communists are trying to take over the American government, or something along those lines, which is 
the surface level reality, but as anyone who is watching this report will know, the actual reality is several layers deeper. Uh, part of that puzzle you can get from my uh, work, for example, on China and the New World Order, where I went through the many different ways in which the current form of the Chinese government was self-consciously built up by American business interests like the Rockefellers and others over the course of decades, specifically to get China to the point that it is this economic behemoth. And why so? Because as I say, it is serving as the model for the state that's coming into view. And we see that from a number of different perspectives, one of which, for example, just go back and read uh, uh, David Rockefeller's eulogy for uh, uh, Chairman Mao uh, upon his death uh, from a China traveler that was published in the New York Times, I believe, 1973, right? And uh, it, go and read that and you will see, oh, you know, uh, the Chinese, the, the the cultural revolution that Mao started was, well, it was, it had some bad parts to it, but it ultimately uh, it was it was worth it um, along along those lines. And uh, please go and actually read the actual article. Don't take my characterization of it. But that I think is the is the idea here. And what type of state? It isn't a communist state. It is a technocratic state, which has aspects of what they call capitalist, meaning state capitalist, obviously not free market, but state capitalism slash communism. But the real underlying aspect of this is the techn technocracy, which is ruled by a technologically uh, uh, technologically inclined, technologically uh, uh, owning, I suppose, elite. The, the people who are funding the research into the technological tools of enslavement. And you will notice, and I hope people will consciously notice this from here on out, Whenever there are stories in the Western press about those evil Chicoms, it will always have that double edge to it. There will be the one side, oh, look at what the Chinese government is doing to their population. It's so disgusting. And there will always be the other cut of that, which is, but wouldn't it be great if we could do that here? And you see that, I, I've obviously seen that play out for many years, but so it, it came as no surprise when I saw that playing out in the current pandemic crisis, quote unquote, uh, where over and over, people were pointing out, well, look how quickly China took care of the problem. They were able to lock down and literally nail people inside their house, drag people out with their hazmat suits on. All mm -hmm. of this theater, this psyop theater that was playing out in February back in Wuhan, uh, that, that was uh, held up as sort of the example. Well, uh, if only we could do that here. But unfortunately, we have these democratic ideals, which, of course, is a whole psyop in and of right. itself. Um, so I, 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 I hope people can see this. It is being held up as the model, but the model is not communism. The model, the model is technocracy, and it is things like social credit. It is uh, the cashless society, which, by the way, the Chinese government has been preparing for a number of years and is now starting to trial their own national central, central bank-issued digital currency, which is the again, going to be the model for the future. The Bank of England governor and others have been talking about this in recent months, that by 2025, they're aiming to get national digital uh, currencies rolled out uh, via the central banks in England, in the United States, in other places. We saw the digital dollar being included in the uh, the CARES Act, and other, or in first drafts of the CARES Act. Right. That, is, that idea is still floating around, that everyone's going to have a, a digital wallet or a, a, essentially a bank account 
that will be tied directly to the Federal Reserve. So they can just pump in the, the CARES Act money or the UBI or whatever form the, uh, the, the government assistance takes in the future. They'll be able to pump it directly into your account. Do you think that will not come with strings attached? Like, I don't know, some sort of social credit score or something. Oh, you didn't take your vaccine. You won't get the money. It's all coming together. Every single piece of this puzzle is coming together right now. And anyone who doesn't understand that this is a coordinated agenda really needs to get their head screwed on. In fact, if you don't understand it at this point, I really wonder if you ever will. Yeah, it's really hard to really try and educate people at this point, because I feel like the time for education is a little bit behind us. I think there's still room for it, but I feel like it's go time at this point. And, you know, you, you mentioned the history of, of, of you went into the history of China a little bit there. I mean, looking at the, um, you know, Henry Kissinger meeting with Mao Zedong or the creation of the Trilateral Commission was Zbigniew Brzezinski talking about the creation of a technocratic super state back in the 70s. I mean, it, there's artificial monopoly monopolies created in favor of China by the U.S. government. The U.S. government has helped prop up China while on the veneer, like the veneer is that they are enemies of China and they're trying to take them down. I mean, it's just one empire changing, uh, you know, interchangeable with another. But I mean, one of the number one issues I can't help but feel is really on the horizon here today is the issue of vaccines. Now, you know, they're not forcing you to take it. You just can't fly anywhere. You can't get a job. You can't get a bank account. You can't go into a store without the slip or the, you know, the the card or the number. And, you know, seeing people like Mark Zuckerberg go to China, work uh, with them on, you know, artificial intelligence. I can't help but feel like Facebook might be involved in this social credit system of some kind. I mean, how imminent do you feel like this whole vaccine issue is? Because a lot of people are ready to leave a lot of the major countries around the world, like the United States, Canada. I'm I'm leaving for that very reason. I'm not going to get forced vaccinated. I mean, how, how big of an issue do you think this is going forward? Uh, in a sense, this is kind of the base issue that will determine the flow of the future. And I don't just mean that in terms of the importance of bodily autonomy, although obviously that that is kind of the key issue, but it, it, it is the testing ground for basically the control of humanity and everything that flows from, from this will be around this battleground issue. And that's the lens through which I'm seeing the things like the mask debate that is happening in the United mm. States and Canada and other places right now. Uh, th that's kind of the microcosm of, or the testing ground for what they're going to do with the vaccines. And Yale and others have been doing studies specifically on what kind of messaging will be most effective to get the population to take the vaccines. This is very important. And I think it's important for people to prepare for a number of eventualities. Now, as I've pointed out in my work on medical martial law, uh, there has been the groundwork laid for many, many years in the United States and elsewhere around the world that in the event of a declared public health emergency, the government has the power to force vaccinate the system, that uh, force vaccinate the population. That is embedded in the system. It has been for decades now. Uh, they haven't used those powers uh, yet, but they are starting to flex those muscles. And I think what we're seeing is just the, tr the first iteration of that. But as you say, it doesn't have to come to mandatory forced vaccination if they have control over the economy generally uh, through such things as the digital dollar or the you know the, uh, the the fiat money system they will be able to essentially outlaw uh, anyone who is not uh, vaccinated they will be able to say that in order to enter this public space in order to do this in order to access this these funds you will need to be vaccinated look 
we're not making you. We're not coming in with guns at your head, making you take it. We're just saying you won't be able to do anything and you'll be a complete outlaw from society if you don't. And I think that is uh, probably the most likely way that's going to play out is certainly in places like the U.S. uh, where... Uh, people coming to your door with a gun trying to va- vaccinate you would be would be the kind of overt tyranny, uh, tyranny that I think the 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 smart side of the oligarchy at any rate always tries to avoid mm-hmm. because the 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 modus operandi is always to uh, not put things in a way that they can be directly uh, resisted. It's always no, we're not we're not making anyone doing it. We're just putting you in a situation where if you don't do it, you're probably going to starve to death. But it's your choice. Yeah. You're, you have the choice, and I think that is probably the way this is going to unfold. Which underlines, double underlines, exactly what uh, myself and yourself and others have been advocating for for many, many, many years now. Which is uh, the agorist society, the getting the creation of economic uh, space outside of the controlled system that cannot be clamped down on, which is peer-to-peer direct uh, transactions between people at the individual level without middlemen uh, coming in between that transaction who can stop it. And without the creation of that economic space, guess what? One way or another, maybe not this particular pandemic crisis, but maybe the next one or the next next one, uh, they will clamp down to that extent where you will not be able to buy and sell if you don't have the vaccination or whatever they're trying to do to you, uh, unless we create those economic spaces. And I, I mean, you know, yesterday, let alone today, but if you haven't started, today is a good day to start. Yeah, yesterday would have been great. Um, and I know a lot of us have been talking about that for well over 10 years, you know, especially yourself. But I mean, with the idea of forced vaccinations comes, you know, a lot of people are saying I'm picking on, on China. I'm not picking on China, I'm picking on a system that is the very definition of evil. And uh, it's it's a system that is being, it's influential everywhere in the world because of course it's the wet dream of any status or any government official to be able to have such a great grasp on control. And we see it spreading in places like Sweden. And one place I wanted to bring up with you, uh, James, is uh, Australia. What are your thoughts on what's happening on Australia with helicopters searching for people, uh, breaking COVID rules in the wilderness and police showing up to homes and arresting at least a couple people for anti-lockdown down Facebook posts, it seems with what we've seen in places like Darwin in Australia as well, smart city grids, I feel like Australia is one of the shining lights of technocracy that's really starting to grow. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, perhaps a beachhead for technocracy in the developed Western democratic world or whatever they try to frame it as. Uh, Yeah, it is mind boggling what's happening there, but perhaps more so than the fact that they're trying to do that in Australia right now is the fact that they are getting away with it so far and that there haven't been the mass demonstrations that we would expect or that I would have expected if you had told me this at the beginning of 2020, that this is going to happen in Australia and everyone's going to be fine with it. I wouldn't have believed you, and yet here we are. But this may, and I would like to posit this as a potential bright spot, this may be one of those tricks that they like to play on the public by making you believe you're the only one who doesn't like what's happening here. Everyone else is for it. Why aren't you? You're the crazy one. Because I have noticed that just in the past couple of weeks, I have had uh, multiple people subscribing specifically from Victoria, Australia. Uh, so I know there are people out there that are waking up and are starting to uh, to get interested in this, uh, mm-hmm. especially now that they're essentially saying you can be thrown in or we can detain you or lock you in your home 
for being a conspiracy theorist. And then we, we know that that's already demonstrable. In many ways with people like uh, Julian Assange, who's facing extradition and all that, there's a lot that we can go into there. But I wanted to mention something to you, James, because I was living in Mexico for about three months and I went to a sushi place in Mexico. And I, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say you went to a sushi place in Mexico. Yeah, it was actually really good. I went into, into the place and I was talking to a guy, uh, the owner of the place, and he brings up to me, he's like, uh, I didn't even mention anything political. He says, have you ever heard of this guy, James Corbett? And I'm like, yeah, actually, here's a picture of me with him a month previous, because this is like in March or something, and it just blew his mind. So it's just, uh, you know, your, your message is getting around. The thing is, a lot of people are awake. They just aren't doing anything about it. It's it's really kind of depressing for it because you mentioned uh, you do have a glimmer of hope there. I mean, I wanted to ask, did you ever think everyone would lay down and submit to the level they have uh, been in almost every country in the world? And do you have hope for the next 10 years or so that we're going to be able to actually break free from this octopus? Well, I think the next 10 years is decisive. Let's put it that way. And I don't know what level hope really comes into this. Uh, Essentially, either we fight or we're done forever. Um, But the alternative to that is to not fight and we'll be done forever. So Mm -hmm. I, 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 I always frame it in this way. And I know some people might think this is over the top, but I genuinely believe this is a battle for the future of humanity that is being decided over the course of this decade as we head towards the 2030 agenda, which is the complete uh, centralization of control in a, in a form that is not even thinkable in any other era of human history because of the technological uh, level of control that exists right now, which is literally at, we are starting to play with the human genome and to alter what it means to be a human. And if we give up our bodily autonomy at this point to the technocracy, Uh, to say, well, look, you can protect us in the case of this emergency. Uh, Anyone who thinks that that we are ever stepping back from that brink uh, is living in uh, Looney Tunes land where you can run out over over the cliff and continue uh, running as long as you don't look down. It, that that's not how it works. You will fall down and you will be gone uh, if you go over that precipice. And we are right on the precipice right now. So uh, hope is an interesting word. Um, and one that has been denigrated in recent years, I suppose, because it's been tarnished by hope and change and all yeah, of that nonsense. Right. <laughs> um, but at any rate, if we didn't have some, some sense that we can stop this, that we can make a difference, we can at least derail this agenda, then what's the point of doing anything, I suppose? So we have to, we have to put on the brakes right now. And uh, I know it's overwhelming. And, and that's part of the problem as to why, why is no one doing anything about this? The question is, well, what can we do about it? And uh, th- it's a very good question because there's absolutely nothing that I can think of that any one individual could be doing now that's going to change the world. Um, however, having said that, as I say, things that seem insignificant on the bigger scale of all this monumental stuff that's taking place, but creating a space within your community to do direct trading with other people really can be the thing that sees pockets, communities that come together, uh, sustains them through this crisis and out onto the other side. So I, I also liken this to the, uh, the on-off switch. Some people think that it is an on-off switch, that either you are, you are 100% self-sufficient and independent and you can survive anything or you can't. Uh, I, I, no, it's a dimmer switch. You can turn it up or down and you may be somewhat dependent here, but you can get off of you know, this dependence over here and you can start this community here and you can start going to the local farmer's market and you can start 
cranking that dimmer switch up. And we don't have a lot of time, obviously. We don't have as much time as we seemed to have enjoyed the last time we were talking. Um, mm -hmm. But at any rate, if you don't start cranking that dimmer switch now, uh, you're never going to get the, the light bulb fully on to extend that metaphor all the way. So this is it. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I, once again, for people who aren't who don't even understand this agenda right now, as you say, the time for education, there's always time and it's never hurts to reach out to other people. But uh, I think we're beyond the education phase into the, we better start doing everything we can right now phase. Yeah, I, I felt like we had a uh, boot on our throat back in February and I knew something was happening. We all did, we all felt it, but it's gone so beyond what anyone could have imagined could happen in one year. I mean, they really set the playbook for the future. Let's hope it never happens again in the future. But with that said, and I wanted to let everyone know that's watching right now, you can join our newsletter at www.iambanned.com. Um, we are in independent media. I know, I know you're all sick of hearing about it at this point, but we're pretty badly shadow banned and they're attacking a lot of us. And that's something I wanted to finally ask you about, uh, James, is uh, going forward, how can we reach people who disagree in an age where they're simply deleting interviews like this, delisting major websites and search engines, hiding videos from your own subscribers? What can we do in this important time to persevere despite the deplatforming? Yeah, it's a very good question. And uh, as you know, the stakes have been raised so much in these debates that now it's not just that we disagree with people or there's there's polite disagreements. No, now everything is an existential debate that's happening. And if you don't agree with me, then you're 100% the, the enemy and I hate you. And uh, eventually that leads to civil war. So we, as people, I, I don't need to say this, people know that the stakes have been raised dramatically, even in just in the past year. And as you say, the, the censorship, the shadow banning, all of the other forms of the Library of Alexandria being burned down, which I talked about recently on my podcast, is happening right now. I think our responsibility as people who know this information is twofold. One is to guard this information from being deleted. And there are many ways to do that, uh, including, of course, migrating to alternative platforms or at least populating alternative platforms. Once again, it's not an on-off switch. You don't have to be 100% on this platform and 100% off that one. No, spread this information everywhere you can find, stuff it into every corner of the internet. Also, save it for yourself. Save copies on your own devices, your own hard drives, so that you have access to it for the future. I have a lot of experience with how handy that is. When I go back to my work uh, on my own website from a decade ago, and there's so many broken links, so many videos that have been deleted, but luckily I have them because I was saving them as I was creating this media. So I know that that is an effective tactic. And looking out long-term, how do we store this information? Uh, that We're going to have to look at physical storage devices as well as Printing out documents that you think are important, that's going to be important as the uh, the means for digital clampdown uh, become more important. And then how do we spread this information? This is, this is, if anything, the thing that I think I have the most hope about is that, again, I can see just in the past several months, as this craziness unfolded, uh, people looking for this type of information has increased exponentially. I have had probably more people joining the website or uh, or at least looking at the website over the past several months than I have in years because people understand how much is at stake. Suddenly people are interested. Oh, those crazy conspiracy theorists, maybe they were right. As the as the, uh, the, the fire gets turned up, as the heat starts to rise, I think more frogs will start jumping out of that pot. So uh, my, my experience has always been, and my, my advice has always been, uh, yeah, go out and proselytize, sure, if, you, if you're the type of person that goes out and proselytize. But at any rate, do not be afraid to mm -hmm. say what you feel, what you think. 
that your information, speak your truth, don't be afraid of that and be open about it and other people will find you out uh, and, and seek out that information. And that's, that is important because, uh, yes, generally people want like, how do I wake up my friend? How do I wake up my brother? How do I wake up my father? Whatever people that you that you love and care about, uh, you, you want to proselytize to them. You want the magic key for waking up those people. But I think more to the point, you have to engage with people as human beings, find out what they're interested in and lead them along with cookie crumbs. And you, uh, uh, the old saying, you can, lead the horse to water, you can't make them drink. In the exact same way, you can put the information out there and, and, and trust that people who are interested in it will find it out. And I think that's what our, our responsibility is. Save the information and make sure that other people at least have access to it, know that it's out there. And uh, that's, that's our responsibility. That's what we can do. Don't take saving the world onto your own shoulders as your own personal responsibility. That will drive anyone insane. Just know who you are, what truth you believe, and, and be unafraid in that truth. Yeah, be be human. And, you know, we've lost a lot of humanity this year. You can't see people smile. Um, you know, everyone's fighting each other like a virus is a political issue. And of course, they made it one. Um, it, I'm very concerned about echo chambers going forward, but we got to just do our best to bring and deliver this information to the masses to the greatest extent that we can. Of course, uh, I'm a big fan of float.app. I know, James, you're on float. Uh, there's library, there's BitChute. You, can, you guys can check the links below and join these platforms. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I do see a lot of people moving to those places, which is inspiration to me, uh, inspirational to me. Uh, at this point, I'm probably getting off of YouTube November 5th and only posting trailers to my full videos from, you can start watching the video, but to finish the video, you gotta go to Float, you gotta go to Bitchute, you gotta go to Library because uh, I, I'm done playing this game at, at this point with YouTube. They don't let me reach new people, so great, we'll reach new people in, uh, on other platforms and, you know, it's all about innovating and evolving uh, I've always seen evolution as a better uh, form of disobedience and revolution at the end of the day. And um, anyway, uh, closing this off, James, can you let everyone know where they can find more of your work? I'm, I'm sure this is pretty a pretty simple answer, but in case someone somehow didn't come across your just generation of <laughs> documentaries, films, podcasts, et cetera, where, where can they go? Go to CorbettReport.com, C-O-R-B-E-T-T Report.com, and you can find all of my work hosted directly on my own servers, as well as links to all of the different platforms that I host the work on, so that uh, no matter what platform you prefer, I'm, I'm sure I'm there in one form or another. But uh, let me specifically direct people to the search bar on CorbettReport.com in the sidebar, where you can type in, for example, type in the word solutions, and you will see many, 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 many hours of media that I've done over the years on various aspects of the solutions, monetary, as well as uh, food-related, as well as uh, uh, software and hardware, 3D printing, uh, the peer-to-peer -peer economy, all of these different ideas fleshed out in much more detail about what specifically you can be doing to start weaning your, your dependence on the system, weaning off of your dependence on the system, because as we say, it's going to be more and more important. So go to CorbettReport.com, check out the work generally, it's all there for free, but type solutions into the sidebar in that search bar uh, if you want more information on that. 
Awesome. Well, I, I know it's probably about quarter to 10 a.m. there where you are in Japan. So I really appreciate you uh, sitting and doing this interview with us. You're extraordinarily talented, and I don't say that lightly. The videos you've been putting up, I know, have woken up countless people. People that at the beginning of this would never call themselves a conspiracy theorist or whatever, a skeptic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and thanks to your videos on people like Bill Gates, which, in my opinion, I love the Plandemic movie, but I think uh, your series on Bill Gates is probably one of the most powerful films made this year. Year, so I really hope that people check that out as well. Go to thecorporatereport.com and uh, thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you and thank you for spreading the word to all the sushi restaurant owners in Mexico. <laughs> You're very welcome.